Yeah. Yeah. Hey yo, man, it's your time. And fuck poverty. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Phil and Leroy Judgmental Podcast. Got Phil back in the house. And I'm Leroy. What's going on, Phil? Not much. Just getting ready for this Mike Tyson fight, you know. Yeah, so that's what we're here for. We're here for the Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. exhibition fight. <laughs> yeah, okay, exhibition fight. It is exhibition. That's what they call it. it ain't no exhibition. Mike Tyson's going to try to kill him. Going to be at the Staples Center, L.A. Staples Center. Is that where it's at? Yeah. Eight rounds. Eight rounds in an exhibition match. Two-minute rounds. Yeah. Two-minute, like the like the women fight in two-minute rounds. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they're using 12-ounce gloves. So th- there's no judges present. They, I guess they're doing the online judges with, quote-unquote, yeah. celebrities. Christy Martin. The Tasmanian Devil, Vinny Pazienza. And Chad, bad Chad Dawson are the three judges tonight. So uh, the odds are Tyson. Tyson is the favorite by 220. I don't know why he's a favorite. I don't get that. Because he punched harder. Yeah, but he when the last time he fought? It don't matter. You don't lose that strength. Oh, okay. So what you think about it? I think it's good to see two old-timers back at it again, you know. Um, I think it favors Mike Tyson with the only the two minute rounds. Why? Because he's he's older, right? And he's bigger, so they, they kind of get tired faster. Roy Jones was built for speed, throwing more punches and lasting longer. Mm-hmm. So uh what's the keys to Tyson win? I think uh he gotta bully him. You know how Tyson used to do when a bell go ring, he come running right at you like a pit bull. Yeah, that's how you got to do it, and just th- throw them bombs. Now, what's the keys to uh, what's the keys to Roy winning? Roy got to move. He got to be uh, throwing those counters when Tyson throw. He got to be able to dip them and then counter to make Tyson pay. And he got to last because the longer he can survive, the better his odds go up. Because he's a uh, Mike Tyson is not one of those fighters that go long rounds. You know what I mean? And fights. Mm-hmm. So we pretty much have it the same. So I say for Tyson is uh, it's all going depends how Tyson look. He hasn't been in the ring in 15 years. So it's going to see how he look, how his legs are. Damn, it's I, been that long? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I say that uh, Tyson got to get up in his face, pretty much move forward. Use head movement to be forward, to be close to Roy. Yeah, he got he to gotta keep it close. And, and get Roy Jones Jr. on the ropes. And so you can throw those throw those punches while he's on the ropes. Now for Roy, I said pretty much what you just said: the move, move, and move, move around, dance around, last, try to last, jab, jab, and get those points he, up, and, and he, do counters. You know what he, I mean? Yeah, and I said keep a jab in his face, keep yep. that jab in his face, keep him keep him at bay. Don't 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 let him get close to you. So who you have winning? I got uh, Mike Tyson. You had it right. You had no, it right. There you no, go. There <laughs> yeah, you go. You had it right. You said I got, it. I got Mike Tyson. You said it. There you go. You got it. You a fan. I knew it. I'm going to say a knockout in the uh, sixth round. All right. There's no way there's going to be a knockout with 12 rounds gloves and two-minute rounds. And uh, they're not counting knockouts, by the way. 
So, I, that's bullshit because I seen a, a thing where one of the dudes said, Don't believe what you hear on the internet. They are counting knockouts. Uh-huh. So I got Roy by decision. I think Roy will go to move around and keep his jab at bay. Keep keep it use his jab to keep Tyson at bay. Tyson's not really gonna get close to him. And so it's it's ten rounds, right? No, it's eight. Eight? Yeah. Okay. Once the round start, it's pretty much over with with two minute rounds. When you I watch know, women yeah. fight, I know, yeah. I know. All right, so everybody, uh, Philip said that we should do our top five boxes of all time. So I'll do one. I mean, you do one, then I'll do one. This Go is ahead. not like in a particular order, or nothing. No, it's just, it's just top five. I'm right. gonna uh, say Ali. Okay, why Muhammad Ali? He's considered the greatest. I mean, he has some battles in the ring with dudes he wasn't supposed to beat. So I can, I can go with that. Uh, well, my first one, I'm going to piggyback on Philip. My first one is uh, Muhammad Ali also. I like the black and white 1960 Muhammad Ali because his the way he was a heavyweight, the way he moved and threw his punches, he doesn't he doesn't didn't move like a, a heavyweight. He moved more like a middleweight. So my favorite fights of my favorite fights on Ali is the uh, Ernie Terrell in 1967, Cleveland Williams in 1966, and Sonny Liston in 1964. Oh, I'm sorry. I like go, the, uh, go, go, no, go. I was just going to. Uh, I just. I was just going to say I like the uh, Ali Frazier and the Ali Foreman. Those are like my two favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead. All right, my next box I'm going to throw in my top five was going to be Mike Tyson. Wow. Because he dominated, he came in at a young age, unified the titles, and just put the fear in every fighter that stood up next to him. Who he dominated? Whoever was in the ring with him. <laughs> and, until until he ran into Buster Douglas. Okay. Holyfield, he dominated him? Until he ran into Buster Douglas. So anything after Buster Douglas fight, I'm not you talking can't. about. No, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. How? That's the same thing you just said with Ali. You said you prefer the black and white. So what yeah, about but the, the other? But the color you just you mentioned, two color. Uh, you mentioned you're two talking color. about a time frame, and I'm doing the same thing. Okay, but you mentioned two color. Uh, uh, Muhammad Ali fights that that's supposed to be the best of all time. But I prefer the 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 small slimmer. No, no, no. I said those are my favorite two. No, 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 no. I said those are my two favorite Ali. Our, our connection is bad, Roy. But, keep going in and out. Keep keep going. Go ahead. I said those are my two f- favorite Ali fights. I didn't say anything about an error. You took an error. You said the 1960 Ali. So you disregarding all the other stuff after those those years. So when I said Mike Tyson, I said all up leading before Buster Douglas fight. Okay. <laughs> my next one is Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar Ray Leonard is probably like the first fighter that I really saw like can like you know that when you get that age when you like barely when you really paying attention to sports mm-hmm. so mine would be mine's is uh sugar ray leonard probably it, sugar ray leonard will probably be my my favorite fighter of all time and uh my favorite fights of bottom is uh floyd merriweather senior fight 78 uh duran the second duran fight in 80 and the first tommy hearns fight in 81 I'm sorry, you next. Um, next fighter or your next fight, fighter. Next fighter. Uh, unless you, unless say. you want to add something with the uh, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. 
Nah, see, I don't have Sugar Ray in my top five. I remember being young, but see, my thing is, for me to say, like, the greatest fighters, I usually stick with the heavier dudes because the heavyweights is where it's at. Even though the smaller fighters throw more punches, have better combinations, all that. The heavyweights, they got the power, and that's why I got weight classes. So I would never pick a lighter fighter better than a heavyweight. That's racist, but go ahead. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> My next fighter is going to be uh, Holyfield. Wow. The reason why I, the reason why I pick Holyfield is because he was like a, a a light heavyweight fight. Most of the fighters he was fighting was heavier than him, but he could take a punch and he was fucking throwing them bombs. And then he fought everybody. Anybody that was in the top, there wasn't no negotiation about money and all this stuff. And they was a top fighter in the heavyweight division when he was a champion. He fought him, and that's what I liked about him. Okay, you ain't going to bring up the cheating? What, the headbutts? Yes. Hey, he got a rock head. That's what it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, uh, my next fighter is the man of the hour, the person who never fought anybody, Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones Jr. was another guy that, uh, well, I guess I was like in my maybe like mid-teens, mid to late teens when he was in his prom. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good hand speed. He first, what made me first like Roy Jones Jr. was he 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 throws punches to the body, and I always like fighters who who uh who throws to the body. I don't like all that head hunting stuff. So, uh, fights you need to see is the first Bernard fight, ninety three. James Tony, who James Tony, who he was an underdog in that fight, by the way, and uh, James Tony was cleaning up that division. You know the guy that. He never fought anybody. Roy Jones Jr. never fought anybody. And we're going to go with who also another man of the hour, Vinny Pazienza in 95. No, I, I mean, I like Roy, and Roy dominated for his time. The only thing I didn't like about him, I didn't like the uh, showboating and the trash talking. And I think, like, his chin was never really checked. And when it finally did get checked, he laid out like a damn log. Okay, that was uh, <laughs> way when he moved up in weight. <laughs> when he moved up in weight, he was past his prom. Could nobody touch him in his prom. You must have forgot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you up next. All right. The next fight I'm going to say is uh, B-Hop. Because he dominated his division for like, what, 15, 20 years? Uh-huh. Like most fighters, after they dominate their division, they move around to see a bigger payday, to challenge the next best closest to them in a higher weight. But he pretty much stayed where he was at and fought everybody that was there until it was nobody else. And he just sat there by himself with his titles. Uh-huh. And how long How long was that? Was it 15, 20 years, something like that? No, you had it right, 15. Okay. Uh, you you going to mention the cheating on him also? It's that dirty North Philly style, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my next fighter is, uh, we got to mention him. We got to mention Floyd Merriweather Jr., Floyd, one of the best defensive fighters I've ever seen. Good counterpuncher. Fights you need to see is uh, him versus Emmanuel Augustus in 2000, the drunken master. Diego Corrales in 2001, and Cornelo Alvarez in 2013. I agree. Uh, Floyd Floyd Mayweather is uh, my number fifth fighter also. And like you said, uh, pretty much what you said about him, the only thing I didn't like about Floyd was the showboating and the antics and all that. And you can't deny it. He's 50 and 0. He's probably the best 
defensive fighter, you know what I mean, that we ever seen. And they got the hand speed. What more do you need? You know what I mean? My last fighter is uh, Pernell Whitaker. Why? Because he's a southpaw. <laughs> also a good defensive fighter, good counter puncher. Uh, fights you need to see is the fight he was robbed in versus Julius Cesar Savage in 93. Uh, um, Azuma Nelson in 90. And Buddy McGirt. I was going to say either Buddy McGirt or Roger Merriweather, but I'm going to go with Buddy McGirt in 93. Yeah, back when we were younger, Pernell was the guy that, like, as, as a small fighter, I looked up to him and was like, yo, I like this dude. Because, like you say, he had the defense, he had the speed, and he was pretty accurate with it when he laying punches. It was, like, clean and wasn't no question when he socked you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I kind of I kind of grew up with Pernell. He was one of my uh, favorite as a young bull. All right, so what's with you with this uh, you don't like showboating? You sound like an old man. Because I don't like showboaters? Yes. Well, I'm getting up there in age anyway, so maybe that is. I, I've never, like with Floyd Mayweather, I kind of watched his career when he first started out. So I uh, I remember when he wasn't acting like Money Mayweather. And I seen when he changed, and I was like, this is not how he acted. And maybe that's to get a bigger payday because he got the biggest paydays out of anybody, you know, trying to sell a fight and act crazy and wild and be the bad guy. You know what I mean? So that's just why I like him. And Roy Jones was the same way, you know what I mean? And I don't think that's necessary for a fight. Like, you kicking somebody's ass, you don't got to play around in the ring, and that's what Roy Jones used to do. He used to be on another level than, than uh, Floyd Mayweather, at least when the rounds start. Floyd Mayweather was on his game. He was ready to fight where Roy was just picking people apart, you know, toying with him, playing around, making faces, putting his arms behind his back. And he was so fast. That he, he put his arms behind his back, somebody moving, then he jump up in soccer real quick. <laughs> no, and, and that, and that bothered you so much. You don't like that. I didn't say it bothered me so much. I'm just saying I didn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> it's called entertainment. Bach, I like fighting, so fighting is fighting. I don't need you to do any crazy antics. Well, we're going to do this like we did, like we do the Eagles game. So this is our pre-game, our pre-fight. So we'll do a post-fight of the fight, and we'll have this out on Sunday. So you said Tyson going to knock knock Roy Jones Jr. out. Yeah, that's what I did. Uh-huh. Well, we'll be back, everybody. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. Well, all right, y'all. We back. Um, we're going to talk. We, this is a post fight for the Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson fight, and we're going to have some Eagles discussion because we're recording this on Tuesday, and we'll talk about the Monday night game. So uh, we're going to discuss the uh, the main card. We have. Uh, Jermaine Ortiz defeated Suleiman Seguiwa, seventh round TKO. We got Badu Jack defeating Blake Kerman, Namish decision. The fight should have never been made. Badu Jack is fighting eight round fights. But I got to give it to McKern. He didn't quit. Yeah, he was fighting. Yep. But that fight should have never been made. Another fight should have never been made. Jake Paul defeated Nate Robinson via second round TKO. The person that left athletic commission who sanctioned his fight should be fired. How, how can Nate Robinson fight a professional fight against a guy who fought professional a professional fight? It didn't make any sense. 
Right, but like I said, in uh, Nate defense, he did get a sucker punch in the back of the head. That can knock you off your equilibrium. This is the second round. This is the knockout. I don't understand why the referee took a Look how he's, warning he's, he's running straight forward to him. Squared wow. up. No defense. Yep. Look, look. He's running like straight from, I don't know what the hell he thought he was fighting. And who in the world is his trainers? Because they should be fired too. And, and he's stuck. He's stuffling his punches the way he keep walking forward like that. Look, you don't even put his hands up. Nope. Like, who is your trainer? Paul walking right up to him, and he's not even putting his hands up to at least try to put up a little defense. Running forward, straight forward again. Mm-hmm. Oh, and everybody likes Snoop Dogg's commentary. High and funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we didn't mention the damn N-word. Oh, shit, I missed the knockout. <laughs> it was clearly behind the ear. That's that's not a legal punch. No, look at he just walked up straight to him. But that's what I'm saying. Like when you get punched in the back of the head, man. No, the back of the head was in the first round. This is the, the second round is where he lost. See, well, he gets up here and gets right, knocked but down. He, but but he never recovered from the first punch in the head. That's to, that's what I was thinking. All right, here come the here come the blow right here. Look at him. look at how he walked Dang. forward. He just walked right. He walked right into that punch. He should have put his hands up. Why he have his hands up? And, and people uh, on Twitter and stuff is making fun of him. I don't really think it's that funny because he could have got seriously hurt. The guy has no training whatsoever. Yeah, that was bad. He has no 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 training whatsoever. Let's see some instant replay of that. <laughs> oh, you you talking about people clowning? But here you go. Here you go. <laughs> Damn, I think right that inside was, his head. Was that the first one? No, that wasn't the first one. No, here it comes. This is the second one right here. Watch that this. Not, that was a nice Watch. little two-piece. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> what you laughing at, Phil? You are the one said it was. I'm laughing wow. at you. No, that was the first one. That was when he got up. That was the first one. The first one in the second round. No, man. He... Uh, uh, and he talking about something he want a rematch. You better find some better trainers before you even think about even stepping foot in the ring anyway. Better call up Floyd. So the main event, we got Roy Jones Jr. versus Mike Tyson. So tell me, Phil, what you think of, thought about that fight? Heading into the fight, I thought it was going to be uh, entertaining. Watching the fight, it was some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Two old. And Tyson was trying to bring the fight. He was yes. fighting. He was he was bringing it, throwing punches, being aggressive. Roy was uh, pitter padding, clinching, running. Yep. Uh, first of all, first of all, he he looked way old when he walked into that ring, too. By the way, Roy Jones. Yeah, he did. He second, like his body was older than Tyson's. Right, and second of all, he—I don't think he even must have got hurt in training, or just wasn't training at all because he got tired. He looked flabby, and like you said, now he, I, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You know what I was going to say is, I think his rib got cracked because when and and I, and I seen Tyson was tearing his body up, but uh, but uh, when you when you got a body that get hurt like that and you can't breathe, it's usually like some internal damage done, and he was like. Like you said, after every round, he was breathing real hard. Even during the press conference, his, his arms was like cuffing his, his belly and his rib. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 that came out yesterday in the news. They said uh, his rib was bruised. 
But shit, that shit might be cracked. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I can say is Mike Tyson is still super strong. He, he, he came in the ring in some good shape, too, by the way. Here's a question for you. Now, why wouldn't Mike Tyson try to fight out the clinch? See, it's like he just letting him like hold his hand back. It's like he no, trying to get his hand out. Sometimes it's hard. Like he lock he lock his arm up. It's hard to get out of it. Now Tyson was holding him in the clinch. Nah, that was just to break up. He didn't want to get socked breaking it up. That's why he grabbed him right there. Yeah, yeah, my man was just swung for the fences right there too. So the and question, I don't. And uh, Tyson threw some aggressive punches. I didn't see too many from Roy. Like no. really, like trying to trying to go for him. You know what I mean? Right. I think, you know what, I think the last round, I think he threw something in the last round, like trying to go out on mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he did something on his last round. But, no, Roy Jones Jr. didn't really do much. Well, we said he, he got to stick and move it and move around. He was moving around, but he wasn't sticking. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, could the problem be, could have been because it was a small ring? No, because I agree. The small ring should have made it more of a fight. I think. So many people told him about Tyson Power that he wanted to make sure he didn't catch that shit. So he played. So he played extra safe when he didn't really have to. So well, like, the question, like look at that, third in round two, thirteen punches thrown by Roy Jones. Now you would think Roy would be throwing more than Tyson. That's crazy. Throw thirteen punches and land only two. And, and another thing, Mike Tyson got a high boxing IQ. So all that being slick and all that shit that Roy Jones Jr. was trying to do is not going to work. Mm-hmm. It's not. He's not going to be fooled with that shit. He got a high boxing IQ. I mean, he knocked people out and all that stuff, but the guy's a the guy got a good boxing IQ. Mm-hmm. He ain't going to be fooled with that shit. You can't fool him with that. I think that's what it was. I think Roy was just playing it like extra cautious and safe. He could have put on a bigger, better fight than they would. Even though they they both old, they got winded. Roy was really like, he wasn't really there. Right. So the question for you is, uh, would you watch another Tyson fight like this again? Not against Roy. No, no, no. If it was somebody like... Uh, Holyfield? Because Holyfield said he won him. Okay. Would you watch that? Yeah, I'll watch it. But it'll be still in this eight round, two minute, two minutes around. Yeah. That that's not bad, but you need fighters that want to fight, and I don't think Roy really wanted to fight. Oh, like okay. the whole the whole fight, he was backing up and clinching, where Tyson was walking forward and trying to make it into a fight. Okay, now would you would you see a Roy Jones Jr. fight and and this same type of eight minute round, uh, uh, eight rounds, two minutes around, and this same uh, type of atmosphere? Let's just say like. It's gonna be somebody around his like his same body type. Well, you know they've been talking about Anderson Silva. So would you mm-hmm. see my Roy Jones fight Anderson Silva? I don't think I want to see Roy Jones ever again fight <laughs> because <laughs> he had enough time to get in shape for this fight and he didn't. He, uh, he was winded. He was winded the whole fight. He didn't want to fight. I'm good, dude. Go ahead and retire. Okay. Now look, he so so he throw a jab from a distance. He get the fuck out of there real quick. Like, if this is a jab from a distance, you don't got to get out of there. You already got a distance from me. Right. <laughs> so, so you don't want to see Roy Jones Jr. And what about Bernard Hopkins? You want to see Bernard, Bernard Hopkins in this type of atmosphere? Yeah, I'll see Bernard. All right, who you want to see? Who else you want to see? Uh, it, it has to be uh, somebody that's, that's actively staying in the gym. 
and a lot of these guys, especially the heavyweights, man, heavyweights and middleweights, they don't stay in the gym. But I think to this day, Bernard probably still go to the gym. Right. Oh, oh yeah, that Snoop Dogg was talking about the two uncles was fighting. Uh, Snoop Dogg will be 50 years old next year. So, in other words, he's a year younger than Roy Jones. Right, but he's calling him my uncle. <laughs> you don't sit his old ass down. And we Everybody know he's old, so stop with the uncle stuff. Right. Oh, and, and what about how you got a rap concert on a boxing card with, with the full N-word? I said, I said this thriller, this thriller that's promoting the fight. They must be some black people. Well, uh, Mike Tyson and Snoop Dogg are, are uh, investors, I think. In thriller, yes. Well, it had to be with all that type of music and and and, and acting and ringside announcing Snoop. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Well, the positive side of it was uh, Israel Alasanya, UFC. UFC fighter, UFC champion. He was good on the commentary. Very smooth. Very smooth. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, he like, well, look, I'm just here for a check. He didn't say much. He didn't. <laughs> I don't think Sugar Ray hurt him, but he got an easy check. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, Philip. It's that time. Go ahead and give us your view on the Eagles versus Seattle Monday Night Football game. God damn. When I put on the Eagles, man, it's like an automatic headache. Like, <laughs> like you, you yell at the TV so much, you cause yourself to get a headache. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? From the bad play, it's ridiculous. <laughs> where, where do you begin? Uh, fucking five yards passing in the first quarter, I think it was, Carson Wentz had? Yes. Jesus Christ. And I think he had 30 yards passing at the half. Mm-hmm. This team is a fucking mess. Well, well, let's talk about how they put Jalen Hurts in there. He throws a pass and completes a pass. So I'm saying to myself, oh, shit, they're going to let him have the whole drive. Nope. Took him out and put Wentz back in. Wentz came in next and got sacked. Now, Wentz got sacked about seven times. He's, like, leading the league in sack. Did you see they finally gave Car- uh, Jalen Hurts a pass play? Did you see how fast he got rid of the ball? That's all Carson Wentz got to do. Yep. He sit there, hold it, hold it, and get sacked instead of throwing it away. Yes, like Phillips said, Carson Wentz is a almost a triple triple frown winner. He got 15 interceptions, lead the league, 46 sacks, lead the league. Uh, Carr, Carr from the Raiders is beating him in fumbles because he fumbled three times yesterday. Uh, well, God Sunday. Dang. So uh, Carr got 11 and Wentz got 10. And fantasy football, David Carr was my quarterback this week. He was projected to get 36 points and gave me two. <laughs> Damn bum! They'll never right. get off the bench again. Now the the Eagles' final wide receiver snap count: Greg Ward forty seven, Rieger had forty two, Jeffrey had thirty six, Fogum had thirty six, Hightower had nineteen. Now here's the question: Why the hell didn't Foger get get more snaps than thirty six? Well, it, it's weird because ever since Alshon and um, I want to say Goddard came back. Fulcrum hasn't been getting snaps and he was the best receiver we had like when those guys were out so why would his snap count drop you if anything he should be in them to every play his hands is money when it's there yes and uh like we said last week the eagles uh they don't need to draft a cornerback they need a they need a free agent cornerback they need a good free agent cornerback or safety 
like Philip said, they need a they need to draft a full uh, uh not a fullback, a linebacker, I'm sorry. And I I think they should try to get a a, a big name wide receiver. Now I looked I looked on CBS Sports and seen who was a free agent, free agent mm-hmm. in those positions. Uh, I'm gonna skip linebacker because I think we need to draft a linebacker, like you said. So here's the top five cornerbacks. Patrick Peterson, Quentin Dunbar, William Jackson, Richard Sherman, Logan Ryan. The only one I would take out of there is Peterson. I'll take Peterson or Sherman if I can get him cheap. Okay, now say and I would have Sherman, uh, more of a uh, defensive back coach type player. Right. Like he's gonna play. But I want him to school up these guys and get these younger guys. You know me more knowledge of the position. Okay, safeties are Justin Simmons, Anthony Harrell, Jagoski Tarrant, Marcus May, and Deron Harmon. Uh, well, uh, I'd rather draft one or trade for one. Yeah, Jalen Mills is a free agent also next year. Uh, Rod receivers, uh, let me check. Rod receivers are Allen Robertson, uh, Chris Godwin, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kenny Galladay, and Will Fuller, who uh, got suspended eight games for performance-enhancing substances. <laughs> so he, I know for Will, no one will. But the thing is, no but matter you, what... Go ahead. Go ahead. What you about to say? I was going to say Juju, I take. Go ahead. Uh, he just coming off an injury. I, I'd rather take uh, Chris Godwin. But the thing is, no matter what type of receiver you put back there, if you got a nut ass quarterback that can't get him the ball, it's going to be the same thing. A, a wasted talent. True. Remember when, uh, what's the dude's name with the light eyes from Detroit? The receiver. He, he been getting 1,000 yards, 80 catches all them years with Detroit. He came here and couldn't get shit. And then we, he played. Oh, he, uh, he was on a, oh, goodness. It's on the tip of my tongue, too. Yeah, mine, too. I can't think of his name right now. <laughs> but, uh, Oh shit! What is his name? I can't think of his name, but uh, it was the same thing. This guy was a, a legit, solid receiver, and when he got on our team, all of a sudden he can't catch, he can't get open. That's bullshit. Carson couldn't get him the ball. Yeah. So uh, next week, who they play next week? They play the Packers next week, right? Um, who do you think that Jalen Hurts should start? At first, I was all about Jalen Hurts starting, but I'm like, you know what? This is living, live, live and die with Carson Wentz this year, and let let Jalen Hurts get a fresh start next year, de- depending on how this year pans out, because it's already a fucking dumpster fire year. So, but um, but but one thing I wanted to say about the game that we never touched on: why did our starting running back only get six carries? Oh yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, I forgot all about that. The game was close, damn near all game. So why he only got six damn carries? That's our mm-hmm. fucking coach fault on that. Like, what is going on here? And Carson Wentz throws the ball 44 times. You got a quarterback that's, like, out and about and, like, not not in the right mindset, but you still force him to sit in the pocket and throw 45 times. That's just fucking crazy. And yeah. then another dumbass thing by our coach, because he's second on the list. I, bl- I blame Carson Wentz the most because he got to make the plays. The media and everybody says we call dumb plays. But a lot of times we get open guys, Carson can't get it there. So is yes. it a dumb play or is it Carson? So I blame Carson the most, but Peterson is right behind him. It ain't like it's no 60-40. It's like fucking 
closer than that, like fucking almost 50-50. But it's Carson, I give Carson was a little bit more of an edge because he's just been horrible. There's no way he could be the worst quarterback, you know what I mean, in the fucking NFL, and he is. And the coach is the same way. Like, we need two scores to tie the game, and he goes for it on fourth down instead of just taking a field goal, hoping for the onside kick. Well, you got to go for onside kick anyway. Yeah. So you need two scores anyway. So why risk your chances on a fourth down, come away with nothing, and game over, and take the field goal and keep your hope alive? He's a dumbass. Yep. So like Phillips said, Miles Sanders, six carries for 15 yards. Scott had two carries for seven yards, and Clement had one carry for six yards. They barely ran the football. Carson Wentz had more yards. Uh, he had five five rushes for forty two yards. Terrible. Yep. And that's all you. That's all from coaching. And I think Deuce should be the uh, offensive coordinator next season. He'll give us that run. He'll give you a run pass balance. It don't even matter who's the offensive coordinator. You need the power to call the plays. And I don't think Peterson want to give that up. So, like, right now, who's the offensive coordinator right now? We have an offensive coordinator. He don't have power. So, mm. our coach our coach is still calling plays. You need an offensive coordinator that has the power to call the plays. And Peterson don't want to give that up. Uh, I'm trying to find you. Yeah, uh, the dude that, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Golden Tate. Golden Tate. There you go, Golden Tate. Golden Tate was a, a solid, good receiver, like borderline pro bowler for Detroit. We pick him up. Everybody, oh, that's a big splash. That was a nice pickup to shore up our our, our uh, receiving core. And then he don't do shit the whole year. Half the time he's on the bench because they talking about uh what they call it uh he's not in sync with the quarterback. They don't have no chemistry. Bullshit. If you get open, the quarterback's supposed to put that ball in here. Right. And Carson Wentz couldn't do it. Even in this game, he had uh Alshon Jeffries on a go route wide open. He looked at him, and I told you Carson was scared to throw that long ball sometimes. He looked at him and then turned away and threw it the other way to, like, the running back short or some shit. Mm-hmm. And then they had Goddard wide open deep. Goddard had, like, two steps on the guy, and he uh short, throws him short pass. Yep. And what was that on the first quarter? He had a, a long pass on a one-on-one, and he threw the ball short. Mm-hmm. I forget who he was throwing it to. Was it Rieger? I feel like it was Rieger. But that's what I'm saying. If you got guys open, you got to get that ball there. Think about it. If you'd have got that pass to Goddard, that would have changed the game. If you'd have got that that pass to Alshon, that would have changed the game. But he's not. This is when you catch a, a Carson Wentz pass, you have to adjust for it. You can't keep your running stride. So when you adjust for it, you go down right when you make that catch. That's where you at. There's no yak yards. Here it go right here. Why he throw it so short? Yep. I think that was Rieger. Yeah, he threw it too short. And he had and he had a guy beat too. He does that with his long ball. I don't understand that. Either too short or too long. And then he struggled throwing like four or five yard passes to the running back. He make those guys jump high to get it. And by the time they get it, they gotta get tackled right there on the spot. One other thing, every time I see DK Metcalf, I'm I think like, damn, we took Ortega Whiteside over DK Metcalf in a draft. <laughs> well, the whole league did. So you you can't blame you can't we blame need, no 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 no. We needed a receiver. We drafted JJ Ortega Whiteside before DK Metcalf came off the board, and also Terry McLaren was there, and also Deontay Johnson was there. It was good receivers that's performing right now while our guy's sitting on the bench. Well, well, DJ Metcalf came. Was he coming off an injury? 
Yeah, he had an injury in college. All right, but you, you don't like injured dudes. I don't. But you a draft one. He's a monster. <laughs> okay. I, 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 well, I would make sure that my uh, medical staff look at him, see how he is. You're going to bring him in, and, and it's not like he's a first-round pick where he can say, like, no, I ain't doing no, no team workouts or nothing. You back there in the third round, you're going to uh, – you're going to come out with teams. Teams going to invite you out to see how you look, go over the medical report and whatever. So you can see, like, if it's something near. And if it's nothing near, then you draft him. He's a monster. He was like the he's like the biggest, strongest receiver that was coming out in that draft. And, you know, every time he play us, he's think, he think about uh, us passing him on a draft and he busts our ass. Yeah, here's a – here's a. Uh, did you hear the quote about your, your boy Jim Swartz? No. DK said, Eagles, D.C., Jim Swartz came up to him and said, I was in Detroit with Megatron. You're not there yet. It put a chip on DK's shoulder. When did he say that? I guess that was before uh, before the game. I don't know. Before this game? Yes. He already had a chip against us because he busted our ass the last time. And Jim Swartz should not be talking to players anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he about to – I put money on it. He probably going to lose his job after this year. The full quote, one of the defensive coaches, um, excuse me, one of the defensive coaches came up to me and made, and made me mad. He was like, I was in Detroit with Megatron, but you're not there yet. In my mind, I'm trying, I'm not trying to be Megatron. I'm trying to be me. He had a little chip, had a little chip on my shoulder the whole game. Oh, you could tell. And Russell Wilson fed him the ball like he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. We had, We had our best cornerback on us. I forget how much he got, but he's one of the highest paid corners. Broke the bank. He got his ass cooked all game. <laughs> Slay. Yeah, that, that's why they need a uh, they need a, a cornerback, cornerback or a safety. I would say I would lean more towards the safety than the cornerback. I kind of liked our safeties. They was young and they needed to get experience. We gave up on some of these guys too fast, but they never had no veteran leadership out there. They let Malcolm go. Everybody's just young out there. When you got all young dudes and no veteran to show the way, they're going to get their ass cooked. So your boy Pete Carroll put uh, a tweet with um, DK Metcalf in a Mandalorian helmet. (laughs) 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 Damn, it's always us. They got to be the the, the laughing stock. So so he's not Megatron. He's the Mandalorian. The thing is, why are you fucking with this dude? He about to play us. He's been cooking in the league. He lead the league in receiving yards right now. You going to get him pissed off? Like, come on, now. That was stupid. Yeah. DK Metcalf said playing in Philadelphia could have been home, but the Eagles opted not to draft him. I got to make them pay. I told you he was, that's what he was doing, too. <laughs> Ridiculous. The only thing I got to say about DK, get rid of that damn pacifier, pacifier uh, mouthpiece, too. He's a monster. He can wear he can wear whatever he want over there. Well, all right then. You can reach uh, you can reach the judgmentals on Instagram on Insta- Instagram at the two underscores judgmentals, Twitter and Facebook PNL judgmentals, and you can email us at PNL judgmentals at gmail.com. Peace out. All right. Yeah. Yo, man, it's your time. And fuck poverty. Get this money.